For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at All right, this podcast is part of the More Than Baseball organization. More Than Baseball is working daily to better the lives of minor leaguers all over baseball. Our mission is to enhance and protect the future of the game by allowing every baseball player to live a better life during and after their careers. Check them out at morethanbaseball.org. All right, super excited for my guest today. Drafted in the sixth round by the Miami Marlins out of Dallas Baptist, top 30 prospect in the Mar in the Marlins organization and has been uh, putting up some numbers in Beloit. Uh, MD Johnson, how's it going, brother? Good, how about yourself? You know what? I can't complain. I'm glad we got all these uh, technical difficulties out of the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to record today or if it was going to you know, have the quality and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I'm glad we were able to get this done. Um, your season's Likewise. over. Yeah, your season's over. Yeah. So uh, what have you been up to? Uh, season ended. We didn't even play the last two games. Saturday, Sunday got rained out in Appleton. Uh, after that, went back to Beloit and drove my camper and my wife and my dog back to Texas. Okay, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that. So you have a camper. You don't even live, yep. which is nice because you don't have to live in the hotels every time. Do you take that every, like, road trip or do you? No, just at home. Okay. Just at home. Like, that's pretty cool because I know some guys, I've talked to guys who've been, uh, I've had on here whose wife, like, lives, like, you know, with her family during the season. Mm -hmm. and, no, oh, my God, wife travels full time. Yeah. That's she so came on because of how the Midwest League is. Mm -hmm. uh, all the travel's not super bad and stuff. Like, whenever we went to Lake County, or up to Great Lakes, like that was like seven, nine hours. Like she didn't travel there, but for trips like Peoria or Quad Cities, they're like two, two and a half hours. She would come for the week and uh, travel full time. How long have you been married? I got married January 26th of 2020. So right before COVID. everything kind of went happened. Wow. So we got married and then seven days later, uh, went to spring training. So it was right off the bat, just get and, going. And then COVID hit too. Yep. At least you were able so to- So it actually, it actually worked out. Like my first year being married, I spent at home. So that, that, that was nice. Yeah. And like, there are some like small little benefits that COVID kind of provided, like obviously that you were able to get it under the wire too. Cause otherwise you may have had to like postpone the wedding. Cause all, I know I was mm -hmm. reading stories of people everywhere, like postponing weddings, funerals, like oh, yeah. graduations, like obviously the whole world just kind of put on a pause. So you're able to get that through there. Um, I want to talk to you about this. Um, you're top 30 prospect for the Marlins. Uh, I always ask this question. How did you find out you were top 30 prospect? I actually didn't know probably for two to three weeks after. And 
so the all the guys just started like making fun of me like hey you're a top 30 guy now like you're different yeah. you've changed all this i was like <laughs> no like i don't even know yeah so i mean it's not something that i really just try and like look at like it's nice to have i sure. guess in your back pocket but it's not like something that's like oh you have to do this now or this like it doesn't make any difference yeah like um like i've had guys i i, I love asking this question because most of them be like yeah i had no idea my dad told me right i had no idea yeah. <laughs> my teammates were like oh you're a big prospect now you know kind of stuff like yeah, that exactly so obviously you were putting up numbers in beloit um i want to talk about playing in beloit because mm -hmm. i you and i told uh brian Hoeing this and i shout out to him for doing well in, in as a as a uh, major leaguer but uh I asked him, I said, you know, you got to put Beloit Survivor on your Twitter bio because yeah. you were able to survive playing in Beloit. And you played in the old stadium, right? Yeah, I, I had. I only had one start in the old stadium. Okay. Tell so me about Brian obviously had half the season, but yeah. oh, Pullman. Um, think of your local high school that is like a 1A school and they don't take care of the field. So it's just bad hops everywhere it has a 20 mile an hour wind straight out to center every game and center field's 350 feet that's crazy that's that's pullman and then you switch it over and go to abc supply where we played this entire season and it's an absolute graveyard like there's a spot that's like four like 18 or something like that in left center it's an absolute graveyard yeah no i've been to the new one i got the shirt for like the uh in the first season i think i was there maybe like the first opening day like or opening week or something they got a t-shirt saying mm -hmm. like you know first year yep. uh, and stuff like that so that's pretty cool no the new stadium is beautiful like i love it no it's amazing and it's, it's amazing 100 is and i've been to the older one too because i live about <clears throat> 45 minutes away from the stadium <clears throat> and like the older one was just absolute garbage and i always ask guys like hey so what is the worst place you've been to or the worst city you've been to and legitimately everyone says beloit like it's beloit, beloit is just like the, like they're like i have no idea where i was the hotel was terrible <laughs> Like the, the lock yeah. one guy told me his locker room was it, like in the shower, basically. Like it was like in the bathroom, yeah. like his, his, his visiting locker. And I'm like, yeah, I cannot even imagine playing there, but good for you. You survived one start, but no, but uh, you are a survivor <laughs> of Beloit. Um, you are in the new stadium now, which is beautiful. Um, hopefully you never play there again though, for being honest. Um, <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, no, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so I hear, I also hear you're like the go-to guy for like glove repairs. I was reading that somewhere. Yeah. Like, are you, what makes Yeah. Like, are you like, you're just a go-to guy for gloves? Yeah, go-to for gloves. So obviously, you know that I got involved with uh, Meraki yeah, uh, and yeah. Meraki gloves. So that's um, been awesome for me to um, help and work with all those guys uh, for this, mostly pretty much the entire season. But really, it started in spring training. I had a, my throwing partner, Zach King, his uh, glove broke when we were playing catch. He was like, can you fix it? It was like, well, yeah. And so I started doing that and he was like, okay. And then I had Dax Fulton was like, Hey, my gloves, like I used it all last year. It's got grass stains on the blue lace and everything. It's like, can you redo it? I was like, well, yeah, I mean, not going to be that hard. And so redid it on blue. And then another guy is like, Hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do this? And then it started like going snowball effect. And I think I ended up doing like 17, 18 gloves, I think over the season. Uh -huh from top to bottom yeah so that's pretty cool that's cool and like you mentioned like the is it meraki is that how it's pronounced yeah m-e-r-a-k-i meraki gloves yeah i see them posting everywhere now they're blowing up on social media and stuff mm -hmm. i see a lot of the guys especially in the marlins i think it's like in marlins where a lot of the guys you yeah know, so the it. um the ceo the guy who started is cody mency yeah. who he's literally played everywhere across the globe literally he's played like 10 12 different places and then caught on with us last year for his first taste of affiliate bowl and he's just gone on from that 
and uh, he had a really good year this year. And then obviously, you know, Tyler, uh, Tyler's in on that as well. Missile. So <laughs> missile. Are, are you pretty good so, friends with him? Yeah, I played with Mets the back half, obviously last year, and then for the first half of this year before he went back to Pensacola. So yeah, Mitzel, Mitzel and Mincy, they get confused sometimes, but yeah, both of them. Yeah. Really, really close to both of them. Yeah. So do you have any funny Tyler stories? Cause like I've had him on the pod, obviously he's my guy. Any, anything funny. I can, I can DM him, DM him later, be like, dude, I heard this about you or something just funny. We can kind of make fun of him about. <laughs> Ooh, there's gotta be something out there. Uh, it's not really super funny or thing, but uh, I, I would mess around with Tyler because he has um, obviously one of the best changeups I've ever seen in all of baseball. Uh, but how the Marlins graded it is it's like only like a 55 or a 60 grade. So in other organizations, they would mark it as like a 60 out of 60 grade, like a top notch changeup and the Marlins just don't rank it like that. So we would always just make fun of him. Like, Hey, you had the best changeup in like all of the organization. You only have a 50 grade where we have someone else like Justin Evans who has like a 80 grade breaking ball. We'd always just make fun of him for like saying, yeah, so you have like the best changeup in the entire organ. It's not even an 80 grade. We had this other guy who has two 80 grade pitches and everything like that. Yeah. And he would just like just every yeah. single time. So that's pretty cool. That's also awesome. yeah, like you said, his changeup is nasty. Like he's good. Yeah, I, mean, I think he should have been called up. He should have been called up way sooner than he than he was. But oh, hundred percent. Credit 100%. to him for yeah. Credit to him for actually getting up to double A. Hopefully he just moves up from there. Um, but yeah, so yeah, he's he's my guy. He's been on. He actually told me about about another guy in your team, uh, Josh Stinson. Simpson. 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 Yeah. So, Simpson right. spent time between double A AA and triple A. Yeah. So he's told me. I don't, I don't know if you ever played with him, but he told me last yeah, year. Yeah, I played with him in short season in Batavia. Okay, so he told me last year that he would get hyped up by drowning himself. Yep. Have you tried that yet? Like, uh, I, as a starter, I never did. But uh, in '19, when I was still out of the bullpen after the draft, and I went to short season, uh, mm-hmm. a couple of the guys tried it, and it, it it does it does get you going. It really does. That's it's crazy. weird. It's a super weird feeling, but it you push past that of like you're literally just snorting water. Yeah. You're fine. Like if you get past that, you're fine. Yeah. So you, you have tried. So it doesn't, it actually I, I've, I've done it once. Oh, hundred percent. Man, 100%. I got to try that. I, next time, next time I, I, I got to have Tyler. I want to go maybe spring training or something during that week <laughs> or something. And then go out there and maybe I'll just video it. Like me just, you know, getting hyped up for a podcast <laughs> or something and just snort, snorting water and drowning myself. But that's, yeah, that's I've, I've seen, I've seen Josh do it for three years now. Like wow. it's, it's crazy. I gotta, I gotta get him on the pod. Like, I, I, I just ask where he found that, like, how he even discovered that. Because I know guys who do smelling sauce, Red Bull, obviously, uh, but like, or like, you know, pre-workout, dry yeah. water and stuff. Like, what do you do to get hyped up before you pitch? Like, obviously, you're a starter, but like, what do you do to like? So I, I don't, I don't do too much. Like, I just try and stay more of under control because that was part of the problems that I had last year, which is like getting too amped up and mm. kind of throwing me all over the place so this year I just really tried to like take everything and be in control of my body and what I'm actually trying to do and then obviously I had more success this year than last year so it's like it's something it's like if it didn't work I'm going to try something else but maybe pull a Josh Simpson but uh what's worked for me this year is what I'm going to try and carry on and for next year yeah no absolutely so let's talk about you growing up and stuff you uh so you and I had something in common you were we were both homeschooled so I was homeschooled for middle school and high school like were you homeschooled just high school or like all your like uh, fifth grade fifth grade mm-hmm. all the way up literally same with me so like i said we have the same thing in common we're basically homeschool brothers um how was it for you being homeschooled and still getting like re- like recruited obviously you played at a dallas baptist and stuff like so how was that process for you since you didn't go to high school but i'm sure you played travel ball and stuff 
No, it was all through Travel Bowl. Okay. Like I, I played for uh, one of the big name organizations here in Texas, Dallas Tigers, mm-hmm. and I got recruited through that for the most part. Okay, and it's like, what is the scene? Because I know in in Texas in general, obviously it's like a football state, but like baseball is mm-hmm. huge there. Like they have a ton. Yeah, of, baseball's huge. Ton of good talent. Like, what is like? Who was there? A lot of good players in your area that maybe went D one or got drafted and stuff. Uh, my sophomore year of high school, I uh, pitched against Patrick Mahomes. If anyone knows who that is, what? Um, how was that? Like- see, uh, it, it was fun. He struck me out. I I struck him out. So it all all in all, it all works out. But so you can you can brag to your kids in the future and say, hey, do you see that Hall of Famer? Because by then he'll probably be a Hall of Famer. Oh, hundred percent. I I hundred percent struck him out. That, that's yeah. <laughs> uh obviously um Kyler murray yeah it's from you faced him that's too? 40 i never faced him in high okay. school didn't face him in college i didn't throw against oklahoma whenever they came yeah. to our place uh but obviously kyler uh, is from 45 minutes north of me mm-hmm. um big name from 2014 draft the marlins took kyler kolick uh up to 102 he's from shepherd that's like two hours south like you got big names coming out of texas from years ago and will be from years to come that's crazy i can't i still can't believe you faced uh patrick mahomes that's like mm-hmm. that, i would be i would be the cockiest guy ever if i struck up patrick <laughs> mahomes like i would have signs at like chief games like hey remember me <laughs> like i'm here that's insane okay so then how was the recruitment for uh, dallas baptist like obviously were there other schools like interested in you like what was the whole process for that so my dad had pitched at DBU for five years, 85 through 90. Uh, my mom went to DBU, graduated. Cool. So it was obviously the school that I wanted to go to just because it's also 15, 20 minutes down the road from my place. Oh, nice. So it's the hometown school. Uh, I really like the uh, coaching staff that was there, how they based their program and everything. And obviously, they're really good at baseball. Uh, nine straight 40-win um, seasons, which mm-hmm. no other school has done. So that's something that I got to be a part of for four years. But I, I actually committed um, right after the fall and Thanksgiving of my sophomore year of high school. So I committed pretty early just because I knew that's where I wanted to go. I didn't really open up into a recruitment of other bigger schools, which probably would have happened. But I just always knew deep down that's where I wanted to go. My brother's a sophomore there this year. Oh, sweet. So it's just running the family. Yeah. So did you do any other visits uh, or you were? No, I, I didn't have any. That? Nope. I, had, I went to DBU. I took my official, took my unofficial, and I was like, all right, this is where I'm going to school. If yeah. you want me, you want me. If you don't want me, well, I'm stuck. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And they have some absolute legends who've played there, like Ben Zobris. Like, are there just urban, mm-hmm. like, tells of what he did while he was there in college? So uh, here, you'll, you'll get a kick out of this. So uh, our head coach, Dan Hefner, and Zobris married sisters. What? So okay. Zobris uh, – obviously uh was around especially for all of our alumni games so i've uh had several conversations with him amazing guy yeah um s- some of the older guys like freddie sanchez mm-hmm. uh um uh, second baseman for the pirates dbu uh jason larue uh, also mm-hmm. went to dbu and then you obviously have the newer guys of let's see uh, drew smith in the bullpen and the mets right now one of the lockdown relievers yeah Derek halls with the phillies he just won their minor league player of the year he had to sit in the big leagues ended up with like 36 home runs and like eight homers in the big leagues mm. so there's guys that are coming out of that program year in year out and now they're just now getting an impact in the big leagues yeah that's crazy like i mean i can just imagine like 
all the like the the legends you would hear of these like like I said Zobra's two time World Series mm-hmm. you all see family with your coach and stuff like this like he I I actually liked him because I, I grew up an A's fan so he played for the A's a little mm-hmm. bit and yep. I hated him because he was on the Royals <laughs> and they won the World Series and then I hated him when he was on the Cubs so I was like on the Cubs yeah on the Cubs so I'm like he went from like yeah 2016 my, yeah one of my favorite players to like ah. Uh, not not too fan, but like overall in general, he's just a great player, and like that's cool that he was yeah. able to come through there, and you could just walk the same halls that like guys like exactly. him have gone. That's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. What was what was one maybe one school that you just loved to pitch against when you were uh, there at uh, Dallas Baptist? Like maybe the fans were extra cocky, or you just like pitch really well against them. Tech, tech, tech. Oh, uh, tech. Uh... So my story is I uh, reclassified out of high school. Mm-hmm. So I was a 2016 draft guy reclassified into the 2015. Mm-hmm. So my first semester of college would have been my senior second semester of high school. Okay. So as a freshman, I threw against tech and uh, the winner go home game of the regional Wow. and went like seven innings, seven punchies, uh, like one or two runs, whatever it was. And we ended up winning the winner go home game. And it was always like, hey, I just took out like the top team in the Big 12, what yeah. should have been my senior year of high school. So that's, that's always crazy. just something. Th- those fans were crazy. Uh, uh, the best part about there is uh, I had a, I threw a fastball, whatever it was. Like, I fouled it off, hit the net, came back on the field. And I just walked over and I picked it up. And the umpire was just like, hey, just, just throw it out. And I just walked it up and I like handed it to him. And all the fans, because obviously at Tech, it's just all metal bleachers. They're all yeah. stomping on it. They're like, just throw them the balls, psycho. And it's just like, okay. And then ever since yeah. ever since that game, like, it's just like, I can just hear it whenever, like, the crowd goes live. I can just hear, it's like, oh, it's just like Tech all over again. Wow. So what you can, what were some of the chirps that they were saying? Because obviously, like, it, it, they can get pretty chirpy out of those, those, those games. Oh, they were, they were just calling me a psycho for just, like, just not even handing the umpire the ball. Like, or I just, I just handed it to him, just throwing it out. I just yeah. walked it up and handed it to the umpire. Like, I was like just a, an 18-year-old kind of like a power freshman. move for you then. You're like, I'm not going to toss it out. I'll walk over there and hand it to him. That's yeah. kind of a power move. It's like, uh, <laughs> we were, we ended up scoring a whole bunch of runs that game. I think we were winning, like, eight or nine to zero in, like, the seventh inning. And, yeah. uh a guy hit it like an infill single and I tried to pick him off. And my first baseman called time and walked over to me. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I tried to pick him off. He goes, we're up by 10. Yeah. So it was like, I, I just completely zoned out that game. Wow. Who was maybe probably my one, favorite college memory. That's so cool. That's, that's so cool. Who's maybe one guy that you faced in, in college that maybe you've seen again here in the minors. Is there anybody like you face and you're like, you, maybe you see them around. I there. haven't faced him, but he just debuted. So uh, I I did pitch against Josh Jung. I okay. had pitched against him from the, from the Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. Did you strike him? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, let's see. Um, mm, um, Steel Walker. Uh, went to Oklahoma. I pitched against them my freshman year. Uh. And he hit a 506 foot bomb off me. Wow! It's the farthest ball I've ever given up. So, and he's in the big league. So, I guess yeah. that's okay. Yeah, I mean, you can uh, kind of tip your hat like, hey, you know, big league hit off I me, mean, no big deal. Yeah, no big deal. So, off the top of my head, that's all I can think of. But I'm sure there's been plenty. Yeah, that's crazy. So, when was your if to when moment? Like, you know, you started, you stopped saying, you know, if I get drafted. Uh, but you started telling yourself, you know, when I get drafted, like when was that moment that you knew, like, all right, I'm gonna get drafted. Like, this is a, I have a future in this. I'm kind of nasty at baseball. Um, 
So after my junior year, I, I dealt uh, with a little bit of thoracic outlet syndrome. So I kind of like the back, I was, I had a really, really good um, first half of the season. Then my um, thoracic outlet kind of started kicking in and I would be like 93, 95. And then same effort level after, you know, 20, 30 pitches in a pitch or two, I would literally fall down to like 83, 84. Mm-hmm. Like didn't even know. I thought I was throwing the ball just as hard. Now we coaches come. I was like, are you okay? Like you're throwing 80 miles an hour. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So after that, and I had a bad outing in the regional, I was like, I told the coaching staff, it's like, Hey, I know I had a really good year. Chances are I'm going to get drafted, but I'm coming back. And they're like, you sure? I was like, yeah, like I got unfinished business here. Uh, we ended up losing to Arkansas in the regional barely. Uh, Hurston Kerstad uh, robbed our best player uh, with a, of a grand slam in the eighth inning. We lost by one. Wow. So uh, we were that close to going to a, um, a super uh, when, when I was there, obviously. But after that, I came back. We had a new pitching coach my senior year, Josh drafted? Hopper. Did you get drafted during that? Uh, I had, I didn't get drafted. Okay. I had a couple teams call me. It's like, Hey, we'll sign you in like the 10th or the 12th. I was mm-hmm. like, it's not worth it for me. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna go back to school. Um, new pitching coach came in, um, Josh Hopper. He's now one of the coordinators, um, for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He only lasted a couple of years at DBU just because of how good he is and how he really changed our program. But it was really through him of like figuring out who I really was, my identity as a pitcher using what we use at DBU of like, we're always going to get one percenter or one percent better every single day. That's our goal for every single season, everything that everyone comes to. That's our one goal. And using that of him, using me as a senior to grow with the freshmen and make everyone like each player holds this, uh, someone accountable. That's not something that we did my first couple of years. And moving on from that, of just going through, hey, this is who we need you to be. This is who you are. This is who you can be. And then I had my senior year ended up being my best season. So it was after that, I was like, hey, I got a good shot of going somewhere. Yeah. And you obviously drafted, I think, what, sixth round? Am I correct? Sixth round. Yeah, sixth round. Um, So you mentioned talk about finding your identity. Like um, maybe some advice for like younger players or people, maybe someone who's searching for that like identity as a pitcher or even a position player. Like, what would what would your advice be to them? Honestly, you, you know, you're your best coach. You know you better than anyone else. So anyone can give you advice, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that that advice is what's best for you. Yeah. So I've been given, especially ever since I got drafted, it's like, hey, here's some advice here. Here's some advice here. You take bits and pieces of what you know, and you take bits and pieces of what you're being told, and then you forward into what makes you, is what I call it. So I'll sit down in spring training and be like, hey, this is what we want you to work on. And I'll say, okay, this is what I want to work on. Let's mold it. And we'll merge the two and then really just try and focus on a plan like that. Yeah. Are you, are you into like the analytical side of baseball or like, like... Um, unfortunately I am extremely into the analytical side. Why, why uh, unfortunately out of curiosity? Um, I've been told I know too much <laughs> uh, of the facts of, I, I analyze, I don't overanalyze like I used to, especially when I was in college, but I can analyze of, Hey, so this wasn't working. I want to go look at the analytics of why it wasn't. This was working on this day. I can pinpoint and tell you why. And it's kind of what I ended up doing uh, during the COVID year is I uh, went to uh, one of the facilities here in Dallas and I went into the lab and I literally created three pitches that I needed. I didn't have a change up. My slider was good. I tweaked a little bit better and I needed a better curveball. So I literally took 2020 to literally just create three pitches using TrackMan, Rapsodo and all the analytics I could get. 
And so to some people, it's like, Hey, I don't really understand any of this. Just let me throw the ball. And for me, it's just like, Hey, I have good stuff, but I can use analytics to make it better. Mm -hmm. So this is how I feel about it. Do you ever go to like driveline or do any of that kind of stuff or no? Uh, Kyle's been down to DBU and I've met Kyle. He obviously runs driveline. Um, I've met him a couple times. I've not ever gone back up there. DBU? No, he, he had come down uh, to campus a couple times. Um, my roommate, my first uh, two years of college was Garrett Wolforth. His dad runs the Texas baseball ranch down in uh, Houston. So I've always been uh, down there growing up and everything since we both went to DBU together. So that was more of my home base, uh, okay. especially in high school. But I've never been out to driveline. Cool. Yeah, I know they have a ton of good stuff. They're obviously helping a lot of guys mm-hmm. get recognized. They're always they're always on Twitter and all that cool stuff. Um, so you already talked about playing in Beloit. Like, were there, were there any other cities that you've been to as a baseball player, you know, professional, uh, where you just get off the bus and you look around like, where am I? I? See like a subway and maybe like a Dollar General or something. In, in the Midwest League, not really. It, mm-hmm. it actually wasn't that bad. The worst one would probably be Lake County. Okay. Uh, the only restaurant really is a Waffle House, and you have to walk a mile and a half to get there. There's hardly any DoorDash. So there's a couple like hole-in-the-wall places mm-hmm. where you're just like, there's like nothing here. Wow. But uh, and before everything happened in 2019, uh, when I was in short season, pretty much everywhere you went in short season was like that. Just every single place. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, do you have any interesting or funny minor league stories? Because I talk to guys who like pull up their bed sheets and they find blood on the sheets in their hotels or their bus breaks down. Um, I've had like guys tell me like fans have climbed onto their bus. They trying to take pictures while the bus is about to pull out and stuff like that. Um, do you have any interesting or funny minor league stories? Nothing that drastic. We were obviously yeah. told in 19, like, it's like, hey, we're going to this hotel. Like, you're sleeping on the floor. You're not pulling the sheets back or anything. It's not worth it. Yeah, uh, we've obviously seen um, needles in um, toilets and everything on uh, in hotels that we're staying at. Mm-hmm. Um, n- nothing super drastic. No, not for me. Have you had any funny like minor league or uh, uh, fan interactions? Because like I've had guys tell me like fans have asked them to sign their foreheads and kids asking them to sign obviously like everything from like a phone case to like whatever it may be. Like, um, like how have you had any funny fan interactions? Mm. Not, not anything out of the uh, ordinary. I mean, I've had um, guys come up with custom stuff before, but oh, cool. honestly, not really. I mean, obviously, I haven't really been anywhere where there's been a whole bunch of uh, super, you know, fans and like that. Because, like, who comes to the games out in Beloit? Like, that's like that. Yeah, like, yeah, it's Beloit, Wisconsin. There's nothing, there. nothing but nothing. Yeah, no, it's literally, I've, I've been there. Like, it's always empty. I feel like maybe on the weekends is better. I've only gone during the, like, during the week like on weeknights and stuff. And it's like, you can hear everything. Uh, I have a hundred percent. Uh, everybody, you probably, you were probably there when he, he, he made his debut, um, Brewers organization. He plays for the Timber Rattlers. Um, he made his debut after like two or three years of cancer, um, coming back from cancer. Oh, mm-hmm. Um, yep. I can't, my mind's completely blanking right now, but anyway, so he was there, I was there for his debut or when he, mm-hmm. he was pitching and like, everyone's cheering, you know, like both sides, everyone mm-hmm. had like a moment. Uh, which is, I thought it was pretty cool, like just, you know, seeing that happen. But yeah, it was, that was a cool mm-hmm. moment there. That, that's that, that was pretty cool. That and um, when we were in South Bend mm-hmm. and they did their, um, not their Miracle League, but like their cancer survivor trot around the bases. That was pretty cool. Yeah. It's oh, something sure. that I went, it's something I went to and I talked to our front office there in Beloit. And I was like, hey, if this is something like you, we can somehow find and incorporate in for next season. I think that would be pretty cool. And they all agreed. So 
hopefully something like that's going to happen in Beloit next year as well. Nice. Yeah. Tyler Gillies. That's now it came to my mind. Tyler yeah. Gillies is his name. Yeah. He's from Canada. He just got back there actually. Um, all right. So we'll kind of wrap it up real quick, but uh, who was like the clubhouse guy in Beloit? Like maybe the guy who's like cracking jokes, maybe the glue guy uh, in the, in the group. A hundred percent Cody Morissette. Okay. Definitely Cody. Like what, what, what would he do with just like, he's just a music guy or he's just funny. Like he, he was just the guy that he was just the team leader. Everyone respected sure. him. Everyone looked up to him. He really kept everyone accountable what they did. Uh, we weren't really just that one team where a whole bunch of guys were just off by themselves or anything. Everyone was like, hey, somebody go over there. The guy can't be alone. And really just kept us all together and made us all like the guys that we were. That's awesome. Who was the hardest uh, pitcher or like, who's the hardest batter you faced since uh, so far in, in uh, Beloit? Or, yeah, I guess Beloit. Like who I pitched against yeah, or yeah. in our org? Yeah, who, who you pitched against. Maybe somebody you just can't get out. Like he just has your number. Who would it be? South Frolic got four or five hits off me this year. He's so, good. yeah. Uh, probably for this year, probably be Sal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. The Brewers have a couple of young outfielders mm-hmm. and infielders who are really good. Sal's one of them, obviously. I think he, he might be in Nashville now in Triple A. He's in, he's in Triple A. Yeah. He's hitting like 380 in Triple A yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I just, I, everyone on in Brewers Twitter is just mad that they don't, they don't call him up because, like, what do they mm-hmm. have to lose? Like, there are two or three games out of the wild card. They have like 14 games left. Like, might as well just bring exactly. him up if he can, you know, spark a little better and stuff like that. Um, so we'll end on this when you're not pitching. What do you do for fun? Like, obviously, you're, you're married. You have your wife, you have your camper, your dog. But, uh, what do you, what, uh, what do you do for fun when you're not, when you're not pitching? I do, I do a lot of fishing. Okay. Uh, I did, uh, where we stayed, uh, for this season, uh, obviously the rest of the team stayed in the team hotel. Yeah. Uh, we stayed, uh, on the Illinois side of Wisconsin, of the, uh, border, uh, about five minutes away uh, from the stadium on a lake. So I did a lot of fishing there. Uh, it was actually a quarry at one point. So like, it's crystal clear down to like up to 90 feet. I think it's the deepest point. So that's where I did a lot of my time. Obviously, when I'm in the locker room, I'm doing a whole bunch of love design and stuff like that with Meraki. So yeah. that's one thing that I really enjoy getting to do this year. Because the big thing about that is, like, it's four players by players. Like, it's literally everything is coming from inside a minor league clubhouse, which yeah. is something that no one else in the glove industry can really say that, like, that's where it's coming from. We're literally players who are doing this. Yeah, it's kind of like custom – kicks or custom cleats like their yeah. minor leaguer who did it now he's now he's blowing up like everyone he's mm-hmm. making them for major leaguers and stuff like that exactly um, they're obviously they're auctioning them off and stuff and like more, mm-hmm. more than baseball when i'm partnered with they're they're big with him and stuff that he he does mm-hmm. things with them uh so that's cool maybe maybe that might be something you guys in the future would be like into like just custom like designing like these like maybe i don't know play like all-star games or something cool like there's so mm-hmm. much so much you know you guys can do with that which is pretty sick that you guys are doing that so uh, we did a little bit of that is uh, I sat down with the front office uh, with the Sky Carp and they were mm-hmm. like, hey, we want to get a couple gloves and everything. And I ended up sitting down with them and I spent two weeks kind of creating a glove that they really wanted. Uh, got the final product. Um, Rocky, obviously, uh, was the supplier in that, uh, got it in. And then we had the whole team sign in and everything. Yeah, and then I think they auctioned it off at one, for one of their charity raffles at the end of the season. So uh, stuff like that, um, they're able to do, which is pretty cool. That's pretty, um, pretty sweet. On top of having some of the be- best uh, high quality leather and baseball gloves that uh, I've had 
So and I, I've played with Wilson's. I've played with Rawlings. I've had 44s. I've had them all. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is probably one of the better ones. It's not the best, but because there's always going to be something out there you haven't mm-hmm. tried. So I'm not yeah. going to try and say it like it is. But, but it's, it's top it, quality. It's very, yeah, a very cool. high quality. Yeah, so no, it's pretty I, cool. I'm not a pitcher or a player, um, but like I saw the the hoodies and like the sweatshirts. I'm, I told you mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to get me one. I didn't I didn't see the sweatshirts on there yet, but those are pretty sweet. I'm a big, big hoodie guy, especially come mm-hmm. winter. Like I rock these like every day. So that's I'm yeah. Glad you caught me one of those. Yeah, they'll they'll be up there pretty soon. is what I was told, and then a whole bunch of other stuff should be getting added in pretty soon. So it's just something that's past the time in this season, and uh, yeah. we've all enjoyed doing it. Cool. And what is the um like? What is your off season plan? Like, what are you what are you going to do for the next couple of months before you you know spring training next year? hang out work what do you do for work. Work? your off season i'm gonna go find something and i got bills to pay I so, that. so obviously uh with living in the camper yeah. uh we paid for housing so my entire salary covered housing so i lost money on the season but so yeah. i gotta recoup all that so it's crazy so i'm gonna find um, something to do and go from there yeah so i guess one more thing if you have time the whole uh, minor league unification, like what are your thoughts on that? Like obviously that's going to benefit you as a minor leaguer. I don't really know much about it. Okay. Uh, I've seen little bits and pieces of it, of what we've been told. But I mean, I think it uh, could be a good thing, especially if uh, it'll iron out the kinks and everything mm-hmm. that everyone knows, but nobody knows. Yeah. Um, little things like that. Yeah, so I think it can be beneficial, uh, but hopefully it doesn't like blow up in like a negative type of way for all the players who yeah, don't really yeah. know anything. That's fair. That's a good point. Like, you know, you never kind of know what the, you just you hear all the good things. And I'm sure there's so much positives about it. And I hope mm-hmm. I hope when it's all said and done, like it's just a huge benefit for all of you guys. Because like you exactly. said, minor leaguers get paid little to nothing and you lose money just like on your season. And then mm-hmm. you hear these kids, can I get a ball? Can I get it back? Can I get your glove? Can I get your whatever your sneakers? Like, dude, no, I can't. I got to pay for every single one of these things. And like, mm-hmm. it's, and you were a senior science. So it's not like you had like, you know, this huge signing bonus. So like, it's, it's oh, I, I didn't, I didn't yeah. have a bonus. So yeah. I, I, I didn't get a bonus, but uh, like uh, until I, I, I met the guys at Meraki, I've been using gloves since uh, I had in college, like my freshman, sophomore year of college. That's so right. I was using gloves like seven, eight years old. Yeah. And all the, all the shoes I got, uh, I had my senior year of college. I don't have any new shoes. Wow. So I'm just using the stuff that I, I got at school. It's really yeah. what I'm trying is what I'm using around because I don't have an agent either being a senior sign. So yeah. I don't have, I'm not one of those top prospects that everyone really knows and someone's picked up or anything yep. like that. So I'm just part of the grind and enjoying it as I'm going along. Yeah. And you're just out there grinding in the minors, which is like, which I respect and I love. Um, I'll say this before we get off here. Now I tell this to all my guests, like this is the MD Johnson podcast. Now, like this is your official pod. If I see people chirping on you in Twitter or whatever, maybe like I might clap back at them. I'll body bag them for <laughs> you. Cause I don't want you to have to go in the grind and do that. Uh, but anytime you want to come on, man, I appreciate it. I hope you have a great rest of your evening. I appreciate you taking the time to come on and I hope you have a great off season, man. No, thank you so much. I'm gladly come back anytime you need me. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate that, man. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.